What's happening, humans? Welcome to the First Step Theology Podcast, where we discuss our glorious God so that we all might love and enjoy Him in a greater way. It's so good to have you here with us on this wintry Wednesday of recording. <laughs> How are you, Luke? Good, my friend. How are you? I'm exceptional. Oh, good. Now, I'm no banter. No, we're very serious. Very serious today. Yep. Please, please give us the uh, the agenda items for the day. Well, first of all, we must discuss um, section 1A in, on the agenda, which I've emailed to you. It's thank in you, your sir. inbox. Thank you. Um, thank you, Cassandra. Sorry, she's my secretary. Um, <laughs> giveaway. We need to talk about our giveaway. Mm. We have, I have, we, questions are streaming. Streaming. In. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. So if you... It's a torrential downpour of questions. <laughs> it is. It is thick. With questions yeah, here. I need to add some downpipes to my roof. <laughs> my question roof. The uh, the the presence of these questions are tangible. Yeah, we got we got a few. <laughs> we got a few. Yeah, we got heaps. But it would be great if we got some. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. Don't think that we don't have any. Yeah, we don't need them. <laughs> but it, but we do want them. We do definitely. Yeah, it would be great to yeah, have yeah, some. Please keep more, sending them in. More, more than what we've got. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can tell you, we do have a question. <laughs> okay. And it is in regards to sharks okay. being in heaven. Okay, I feel like we may have had that one before. Nah, mm. that's new. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So, so just coming up, trying to get a breath, fresh of breath, a breath of fresh air, having come up from underneath all these questions. Um, <laughs> Great we would love some more because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't feel like you need to. But we would love some more. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we, we're doing a great, great giveaway. Mm. Uh, and so, if you if this is the first time you've listened to our podcast, you'd be very confused by the fact that we are giving a giveaway. And so, to enter into the draw, where well, your name will be pulled from a metaphorical hat, maybe a literal hat. We might even go that far to do a literal hat. That'd be fun. Yeah. What kind of hat? Anyway, then we'll talk about that afterwards. We have a we have a brain. Cassandra, put that in my notes. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, okay, so we are giving away a twirl. One whole twirl. Uh, I've heard rumors in maybe king size. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I promise these things. (laughs) We're still not sure if they exist, but yeah, they exist. Trust me. Okay. Uh, uh, A great book by my good friend Mm. Jen Wilkin. Mm. If you're listening, we would love you on this podcast. It's how we invite most of our guests. <laughs> just, just hope they're listening. Hope they're listening. Contact us. Yeah. yeah, you contact us if you want to be on the podcast. If anyone knows Jen, which I've been on a Zoom call with Jen, just so, so I. Yeah, I invited you, so yeah. I'm probably better friends than sure. you. Okay. <laughs> um, can someone at her mm. and get her to come on our podcast? Can we? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Anyway, if you get her on there, we'll. I'll give you a. If you if you work at the Jen Wilkins gets on this podcast, mm. I will design a t shirt for you. Right, two t shirts I'm designing. Oh, so so is there one already being designed? It's in it's being designed. Okay, sure. At this very moment. Okay, so we are giving away Ten Words to Live By by Jen Wilkins. Great book. My wife is like pretty much finished it, and she is loving it. Mm. Um, a custom made first step theology t shirt. Huge. Huge. Yeah. I was hoping for a better reaction from you. I just said huge. You just said huge, but like... It's as good as it gets. And then, yeah, that's true. You are emotionless, mm. allegedly. <laughs> and Wayne Grudem's excellent book mm. called Christian Beliefs. Yeah, not Christian doctrine like you called it last week. Same dog, different leg action there, champ. 
So that's four whole prizes. Four <laughs> prizes. <laughs> and one of those prizes is king size. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, under the value of $4.50. <laughs> it depends if you go to a survey or not. Yeah, And true. I might have to go to a survey. Yeah, we'll go to a regional servo <laughs> and it'll, it'll be like an $8.12. <laughs> yeah, it's been there since. It's all that the um, John Howard government. It's been yeah. <laughs> It's so like when you're on a road trip and you really want water, but you need to like fork out a small loan for a bottle of wine. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Drop past the servo and a $2 bag of snakes is one snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've, snakes, they've distributed yeah. it in amongst all. Yeah, yeah totally. Very true. Yeah, anyway, so there's a 12. Yeah. There's 10 words to live by by Jen Wilkin. There's Gruden's Christian Beliefs, yes. which is an absolute tear. Yes. And a custom-made high-quality... First Step Theology t-shirt. Yeah. Great. Can I have one as well? As a member of this podcast. Is yeah. that what we're called? Members? Yeah, we're MCs? Members. MCs. You're the MC, really. You're <laughs> like the one who kind of keeps this train rolling. True. Yeah. Well, um, you are testing my ability. Because I did I tell you that when I was uh, in high school, I had an art teacher tell me that I had no artistic bones in my body. Yeah, you brought this up about two weeks ago, I think. Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you also have a goldfish tell you that you had a tem- terrible memory? <laughs> I had a terrible memory. Yeah, it's just I try and forget every time I'm with you. Mm. So, <laughs> good one. So, anywho, make sure you send in your questions. Yeah, look, you can't – yeah, just by listening to this podcast does not mean no. you're in it, Mum. You have to send in the questions. <laughs> so, she's our only listener. Oh, stop. Yeah. All right, should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into so it. So we are in a uh, a series on the church. Mm-hmm. And actually, we were just doing some planning of what's coming up. Oh. Uh, as we move into next season, we're going to sort of continue through this series. And I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to kind of focus on the controversial things around the church. Yeah. So we're going to talk about church leadership. Should it just be for men? Yeah. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Oh. And I can promise you... Oh, we have we have guests. Yeah, already locked in. Already locked in. Yeah, three already locked in. Wow, with a fourth on the way, hopefully. Yeah, how cool! I know. It's like we're prepared for something. Possibly international guests. Oh, true. A fifth on the way potentially. Yeah, yeah. Exciting. How's that for a teaser? It'd be so underwhelming if it fell. I would lose it. Uh, Tom Edwards is back. But seriously. But seriously, he's on the list. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone loves Tom. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, let's have a chat. Yes. I heard a phrase the other day that I'm sure many of us have heard many a time, Mm -hmm. if you are from any contemporary Christian circle. Yes. (laughs) Which would be all of us. There's no (laughs) historical Christians here. Calvin's a big fan of this podcast. Uh, Oh, yeah, true. Um, And uh, it was this phrase. That Christianity oh, good. I know where you're going with this. is not a religion, it's a relationship. That's so good. <sighs> That's it so was good. like always said through a heavy breath. Yeah. Christianity is not a religion, it's yep. a relationship. <sighs> it's almost like it's that's liberating, is it? Yeah, it's freeing. I'm I'm at peace with the world now because I am no longer constrained by the ideologies of re- religion, mm. but I can just have a relationship with my maker. Yeah, and this, so along with this, mm. often we are asked when we are talking about church and uh, how and why we do 
church a specific way, a question always comes up is, why do we have traditions? Why is there a general form or a liturgy mm. in the way that we do services? Um, you know, why does the church need to have and hold to tradition? Mm. So all of this kind of links to this uh, idea of uh, Christianity being a relationship or a religion. Yeah. So should we just deal with that first? Of yeah, for sure. Because let's affirm Christianity is and involves and revolves around a relationship. That's right. Like the crux of the gospel is all about God revealing himself to us as a relational God and working yeah. to bring about you know, redemption, which yeah. is redemption of relationship, reconciliation. Totally, yeah. Us Absolutely. being united with Christ yep. so that we might enjoy God the Father through him yep. by, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So amen to that. Totes Christianity girlfriend. is a relationship. Mm-hmm. But... That sort of ideology, that phrase, that one-liner has been used to neglect the value or maybe even more pointed than that, to run away from any form of tradition or ritual or uh, regular church proceeding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and to sort of like poo-poo that. Yep. And so instead I can just choose how I do my faith. Yeah, how we do a service is is we don't actually need to have any mm. plan or a process or a tradition to it. Yeah, which to not do that is a tradition. So really, it's a bit dumb. <laughs> but um, and we just see where the Holy Spirit wants to take us. Totally. So I, I suppose we want to unpack that a little bit for sure today, and uh, help us think through because I suppose right from the get go, yeah, that idea that we need to do away with all ritual because rituals always a bad thing in our minds yep generally um neglects the fact that we are constantly being shaped and formed by the things that we do um ritualistically yeah that's right that we do again and again that we repeat Mm -hmm. the things that um we read we hear we taste we um, go through life doing over and over again are the things that shape us. And that's a ritual. Like a ritual is the right terminology we to use for those things. Mm. So, for example, when you get up in the morning, mm. you have a ritual that you do. Yeah. And I hope it involves brushing your teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like every human being has some form of a ritual and that shapes the way that your day mm. is. Do you put your socks on first or your pants? Depends on the pants. Really? Yeah. Explain that to me. Well, I've got a pair of skinny leg jeans mm. that I always put socks on first. Well, how tired are they? Well, they're not heaps tight, but as in it's just it's, it's just easier. Right. It's like putting plastic bag on bef- on your foot before you put your wetsuit on. Yeah, not to that level. Come on, settle down there, champ. Well, how tight are they? I've seen your jeans, mate. They look like someone spray painted <laughs> your legs. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're still dressing like a youth pastor over there. <laughs> You know, I heard something the other day. What? Someone said to me, you are middle-aged mm-hmm. if you still wear skinny jeans. <laughs> yeah. Um, you use the crying emoji. And okay. um, oh, it was there was something else. And, and Charlotte and I were like, tick. <laughs> I, I didn't use emojis, so I'm fine. But but the other one was like, tick. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, dear. And yeah. well, three kids also is probably a pretty good identifier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're still questioning that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Right, they're not heaps tight, my jeans. Settle down. But they've got a hole in them. Sure. In the knee. Yeah. Because mm. I've, I've got past. Sure. <laughs> and so it's just easier with socks to get past it all. Okay. But on my other jeans, no, nah, I just put, okay. put socks on a regular time. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, 
the whole point being yeah. that um, the things that we repeat sure. and we we do on an ongoing basis are the things that shape us. Yeah, they shape us big time. So let's broaden this not just to what you do in the mornings, but mm. um, so the places that people go regularly, go mm-hmm. to the shopping mall. Yeah. It's a really good argument in a book that we recommend actually, uh, which is a book called uh, by James K.A. Smith called You Are What You Love. Yep. And he makes the argument that the shopping mall, as the Americans would put it, or a shopping centre. Yes, <laughs> um, regular people call it. Yeah, is uh, is the modern day temple. Oh, yeah. It's the place that we go and it's blocked. Everything, your senses are blocked out from the outside world. Mm. You can't see time passing. You can't see... Interesting. We are bombarded by messages um, and we go into rooms in that temple mm. and we um, taste of the delights mm. and then we have a transaction where we give and we receive mm. and then we leave and we might go into another room to another priest or to another saint. Yeah, yeah, so we true. make our prayers and, and we leave and, and all these things are shaping us, mm. are changing us the av- from the advertising to the conversations to the purchase or the transaction is shaping us. Absolutely. Because it's what we repeat. Yep. It's interesting. We were talking about this the other day mm. with um, the things kids see, the things that you, like, you think about. You, you do not realize how the actions you do shape you until you have kids. Mm. You were talking about the other day you were at the shops with Elijah. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, we're, so we're, we're, at, uh, we're out for dinner, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I took Elijah up to go order our food at, at a hotel in Stirling and um, ordered our food and getting uh, – Elijah's in my arms yeah. and getting out of my wallet my uh, card yeah. to pay for it. And Elijah just grabs it out of my hand because he's a kid and he's playing yeah. and he's won. And um, the lady put in the amount on the FBOS machine and pushed yeah. it towards us. Yeah. And Elijah reaches over, yeah. places the card on top of the thing, waits for the beep, and then pulls it away again. And both me and the lady who's serving me are there, like <laughs> it's just flabbergasted. What, what, what just happened? What just happened? He's fifteen months old. Like yeah. he can't even walk. Yeah. Anyway, I go back to uh, the table where my wife is, and um, I said, "You wouldn't believe what just happened." And uh, and I told her, and she said, "Oh, yeah, he he does that." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he knows how to pay for that. Anyway, it just shook me. Like we we make sure we don't have our phones out around him yeah, as yeah. much as possible. We minimize TV, but yeah. he knows how to use the magic bit of plastic that pays for stuff. <laughs> yeah, like how exactly did that happen? That. It's so true. And like, how often do you actually do that? Like, it's a it's a two second thing that you do, all and he's time. picked up on that. Yeah, because it's something that is repeated. It's repeated it's all the time. Going whenever we want food. Get out the magic plastic card, baby. It pays for everything. I know. We're in so much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, right? The things that are routine and we Mm. see are shaping us. Now, Mm. let's take this back to faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the church. Yeah. Can we just talk about that in regards to spiritual disciplines for a second here? Okay. We recently did a podcast on spiritual disciplines Mm. under the premise of knowing that spiritual disciplines shape us. Mm. And so the repetition of doing something often in a disciplined manner shapes us. And so that's why we are very passionate about Christians doing the right spiritual disciplines often Mm. that will help shape their mind and shape their heart. I remember um, listening to someone uh, once talking about the value of 
reading scripture. Yeah. I said that, like our, our hearts are, are hard in nature. Mm. What, what scripture does is like the water of an ocean that shapes rocks. Mm. And, then, you know, being immersed in scripture often is what shapes this, this heart of ours yeah. to the way it's supposed to be. So like even we're talking about this on the, on the scale of faith, but bef- you know, before we get to what the church does, yeah. Uh, you know, like to, when it gathers together or whatever it might be, whatever mm. rituals involved with that, it's the rituals you do in your own life that are so important. And that's why spiritual disciplines. So if you yeah, haven't listened massive. to our spiritual disciplines podcast, yeah, go back, go back and listen to it and find one thing and apply it to your life. Yeah, start today. Start today. Yeah. Okay, so let's. So we're gathering as the church. And so we as yep. a church, we have rituals that we do. Yes. Now, we don't refer to them as rituals because mm. generally we all have a neg- negative connotation that goes along with the word ritual. So we yeah, might call them liturgies yep. or uh, forms of our worship, yep. things that we do. Now, if you're... Spiritual practices. Yeah. If you're a member of our church, actually any church, you probably do these, right? You probably have the Bible read. Mm-hmm. You probably have some time of fellowship. Mm-hmm. You probably have um, the word preached. Yep. You probably sing some songs. Yep. Uh, hopefully about God. Um, <laughs> and you probably at or certainly well, I should say with all of these have um, uh, gather around the Lord's Supper. Yep. Around communion, whether it be every week or monthly or whatever it may be. Yep. Now there's lots of other things we can do in that, and you can break those. Oh, and prayer. Yeah, pray. We pray together, um, but all of these things are. If you just take any of them, they're just ordinary things. Mm. We're just talking to God. Yeah, we're just reading His Word. We're just talking to one another. Yeah, we're just singing songs. We're just uh, hearing someone pace around the front and say some stuff, mm-hmm. and um, we're just having some bread and some and some juice. yeah juice. But it's these things that over time. Yeah. Shape us, yeah, big time. As we unite together as God's family, mm-hmm. and we submit to His story, mm. to His redemption, to the gospel, and just like the ocean shapes rocks, that doesn't happen in in one day. That sometimes doesn't happen in ten years. Yeah, right. But it's a slow, gradual shaping and forming of us. Yeah, just like the rituals of going to the, you know, going to the shops. Mm. Or being on Instagram. Yeah. Or slowly shapes us. Consuming whatever Netflix show we're up to. That's right. And the interesting thing is it's a scale of joy in this as well. Mm. So they've done a lot of research. Neuroscientists have done a lot of research in the fact of like how your brain is shaped by repetition, but then also joy in repetition. Yeah. That's why pornography is so dangerous. Totally. Because there is a within your mind there is a pleasure that's attached to it and then the act that follows that there's a pleasure attached to it and so it's it creates super highways in our brain in how we think mm. so you cannot look at pornography and not think of whatever you're looking at yeah. you know like if you're looking at women in that way you will think of women in that way you cannot help it like that's just <laughs> the way it's shaped yeah. yeah so in the same way is that these things that we do the more joy we have in them mm. they the more that they shape us yeah. And the more that you do it, it creates more joy. Absolutely. So, you know, you think about a habit in your life. You know, there's that saying, it's like, sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Mm. Sow a lifestyle, reap a life. Yeah. It's a whole sow thing. a life. You're dead. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't go any further. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sow a life, reap a judgment. Oh, there you go. Sow a judgment, spend a turn. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> Probably pushing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's that whole idea of that that repetition mm. often yeah. shapes the way that you find joy in things as well. Yeah. So this is also why um, uh, in Scripture it's encouraged to, to not neglect gathering. Yeah, Hebrews. Yeah, because it's that idea of the, the more you gather with people, uh, often – Mm. getting together consistently throughout the week, all these things, opening the word together, doing those things, it actually increases your joy and it, it actually mm. um, shapes your life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And that's just to be clear, that's not encouraging us to gather in general. That's gather as the church. Yep. Yeah, it's not like gather for a beer. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah that's yeah. right. Yep. Uh, gather as the church. Around the right things. Around the word and to worship God. Mm. So... Let's take this one step further. Absolutely. Um, we are all being shaped by liturgies yep. in our life, whether they are um, the going to the shops or Instagram or the conversations we're having. We're constantly being shaped by them. Yep. Uh, as we gather as the church yep. with our general, normal, ordinary church services, yep. they are certainly shaping us. Mm. But they are first deconstructing uh, the other liturgies that have shaped us. Mm. Worshipping God and coming to submit before a holy God requires us to set aside the patterns and the mindsets that we bring in because of how we've been shaped by a secular society. Yeah, that's right. And so the liturgies that we come to will, by nature, and should be abrasive. Mm Mm-hmm. Should be, may I even use, use this word, boring. Yeah. In some to some extent, mm-hmm. because it goes against our own um, preconceived ideas or attitudes of who we are. Yeah, that's so good. And therefore, who God is. Yeah, that's so true. Especially in the culture that we live in now, where it is so entertainment driven. Mm. To have a church service where you are forced to think and you are forced to reflect and you are forced. To not be about you, yeah, that is great news for the soul. It's awesome, yeah, big time. I, uh, yeah, I like what you said about that. It's okay to be bored. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's okay to be patient. Yeah, and wait for God to change you. Mm-hmm. And consider like all those things. That's God is the primary worker through worship. Yeah, where it's not just that we come to God and worship Him. Yeah, it's that as we are worshiping God, He is shaping and forming us. Great, He is the primary mover. Yeah, in all things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The initiator. Yeah, cool, great. So we liturgies. Thanks. Are built around tradition. Yeah. So why are, why is tradition important then? That's it. really this is the next question that was raised. So we have a liturgy, we have a form of worship, mm. and that form of worship shapes us, but also deconstructs the way that we see the world, and it is so important. We need it often. You think about how often you're submerged in our culture, which is so me centric, mm. ignoring God, hostile to God. Totally gathering the church often in our day and age should happen more often. I think because our culture is just going nuts, right? Totally. Okay, so then the liturgy we have was created upon the tradition that we stand in. Mm. Yeah. So why is tradition important? Well, just first and foremost, we have a handed down faith. Great. We have a faith that um, is given to us through the Old and New Testament. Yep. That um, was revealed to the holy apostles and the prophets. Yep. 
um, and then handed down to us mm. through the historical Christian faith yep. that began in Jerusalem just over 2,000 years ago mm-hmm. and is continuing to spread across the entire globe. And so we don't um, live in this time in South Australia mm. and gather as a church in a vacuum. Yeah, that's right. But we stand upon the shoulders of those who have gone before us, mm-hmm. those who have sought to glorify God with all their hearts, minds, and strength, yep. those who have sought to live lives holy and pleasing to God as they're conformed into the image of Christ. And they have sought to do that through gathering as the saints, mm. worshipping God, and um, supporting one another as they strive towards the goal set before them. Mm. Um, and they've done that through liturgies and forms of worship and gathering just like we do today yep and so so here's the thing so we come if we have this mindset that our church is the only church historically yep and we go all right we need to create what a church service looks like and rather than looking at the tradition that's gone behind us or before us sorry yep um, we look at the world around us. Yeah, that's right. And go, our culture wants a nightclub feel and, uh, you know, a quick fast food style service in, have your quick bite to eat and then out. Yep. Whatever it may be, we, we, we shape our forms of service based on the culture yep. rather than our tradition. Yep. Um, or even better than that, the Bible, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which tradition is is built upon as well. Yeah. We're going to get lost. We're going to get so lost. We're going to miss some things, and or we're going to start shaping people according to a secular mentality rather than a Christian one. Mm. That was heavy. Yeah, that was heavy. I didn't expect that. I remember um, that was heavy coming out of my mouth. Was I, it? My my jaw almost hit the floor. Your jaw hurts a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I remember um, when I was a youth yep. pastor. Yep. Uh, one of my good faithful Christian friends sent me this research that was done by a Christian organization that looked at the impact of youth group culture Mm. and the effect that it had on young people as they grew out of that youth group culture. Like, as you know, they finish high school and they go, and there was this horrible correlation with when youth groups had this big focus on like glitz glamour show Mm. and the effect that it had on young people as they, went out into the world, mm. the chance of those young people going and um, seeking experience mm. um, was higher than a young person who had never gone to youth group in their life wow. and had just grown up in a secular home yeah. um, and had, um, yeah, then, you know, just grown up and were at the same stage in life and been, mm. you know, like, you know, that superannuation ad, you know, like yeah, yeah. similar <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah that's, same man. Yeah. The same job. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it was a similar situation. Same car. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Um, and the, the effects of that was that the, the, the kind of like the conclusion of the argument was going, well, what are we shaping our young people to, mm. to be and to do? Be. Now, those things aren't necessarily bad in themselves. No. Um, but it, it's what goes along with that. Totally. And why is cultural contextuality mm. the most important thing totally. for this? Yeah. I didn't think about this going into <laughs> this topic. Mm. But isn't it interesting that we go, uh, okay, Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. So mm-hmm. we're going to do away with religion. And so then we build um, our church liturgies mm-hmm. on culture 
mm-hmm. rather than a biblical understanding that has been handed down throughout tradition. Mm-hmm. And so we're not actually arguing if tradition's good or bad. We're saying that the culture knows more about the Bible than our tradition does. Mm. That's a scary place to be. Yeah. Cultural traditions are better than biblical traditions because we all have traditions. Mm, very true. Yeah, that's good. That's scary, isn't yeah. it? Now, we should point out here yes. that um, tradition, Yes. now when, when I say that word, people might be thinking of like the old church down the road mm-hmm. as a really high ceiling. Yeah. Or um, or like- Is that what they're thinking specifically? Yeah, the yeah, real probably, high ceiling. The real high ceiling. Yeah, good. Or the, um, yeah, their, their grandmother that goes to a, a, a church that does things, let's say in quotations, old fashioned compared yeah, to yeah. us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which we, we do mean that, actually. Yeah, that's in, part of it. Part of it. But we also mean, essentially, the tradition that has been handed down throughout history mm-hmm. and the history of the church. Um, let's also make clear, history isn't... Um, yeah, history and tradition isn't always right. Yeah. It's not our ultimate authority. Yeah, that's right. Right? Our ultimate authority is the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. And this is uh, the, the error that led to the Reformation, was that tradition became paramount rather than what Scripture says. So yeah. the Reformers, their whole idea was... Um, we need to remove us out of the traditional mm. scheme, yeah. as in remove humanity and and make Scripture be the absolute paramount. For sure. Just like the Roman Catholic Church would say, yes, like mm. the Council of Trent would say that, yes, Scripture is important, but also tradition is equal to that. Totally. Whereas we would say that, that Scripture is penultimate. Not penultimate, ultimate. Ultimate. What's yeah. penultimate mean? Second to. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been using that word wrong my whole life. Same here. I did it in an essay once and just got smashed. <laughs> so did you in that same essay. Yeah. Oh, right. We okay. both talked about it. Scripture is ultimate. Scripture is ultimate. Yep. Subordinate to that Boom. is tradition. That's right. So scripture shapes tradition. Mm. And that's what the whole idea of the Reformation was. It's mm. like we go with what scripture says. Yeah. If scripture says we don't, not to do something, we will not do it. Yeah. So this is the question that, should come from this is going, how do we know what tradition is helpful and what tradition is hurtful? Mm. And the question, the answer is whether it's biblical. Totally. Yeah. Or whether it leads to mm. that biblical. Which really gives us a freedom in, um, in being able to assess our lineage, mm-hmm. to assess our Christian heritage mm-hmm. and go, you know, this is how they did it. It doesn't mean it's right. Yep. But it also doesn't mean it's wrong because that's our bent today. Yeah, that's right. It's gone before us, so it must be wrong. Chronological snobbery. Yeah, which, well, that's just not true at all. No, that's right. Um, but certainly there are some grievous mistakes that the church has made throughout history. Yeah. And so we can point at them and say that's wrong. Yeah. Or there's other things that they've done which are neither neither here nor there. Yeah, that's so right. So, for example, let's, you know, the, the old building with the tall ceilings. Mm-hmm. Now, they had a reason for having tall ceilings mm-hmm. because when you walk, like legitimately, when you walk, if you go to Europe and you walk into a building, a yep. church building, they have massive ceilings. Why? Because they wanted to show the awe and the grandeur of God. That's right. As you walk in there, they wanted, they wanted you to feel the reverence that mm-hmm. God was due. There was a purpose behind that. That's right. Now, we would agree we want people to feel that way. Mm. We want people to understand the holiness of God. Mm. We would disagree that we have to have a building to do that. That's right. We would say that it's the word and the truth that does that. Yeah. But if anyone wants to give us one of those buildings, we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. Not saying that we need it, but we're going to But that's right. See, and tradition can be helpful in that regard. Mm. So, like, having that building that does it within reason, yeah. you know, w- with wisdom and discernment and stewarding what God has for you, yeah. that that can be helpful to Absolutely. go in there and, and, you know, if anyone who's ever read The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul mm. would... You should definitely get that book. I don't know why you haven't read it yet. <laughs> yeah, um, grow up. Grow up. <laughs> get a job and buy a book. Um, is if yeah, if that's on your list, make it your next book you read. Mm. But he talks about that whole idea of that the sanctuary, you know, the place of where God uh um is holy, is separate to the world. Like there there is some beauty in that and it doesn't mm. yeah, absolutely. So, so the best way we test tradition is through scripture. Totally, and so so we would say that um, scripture is has magisterial th- uh, authority, mm-hmm. kingly authority, mm-hmm. ultimate authority. Yep. Whereas uh, tradition or historical voices or even your pastor mm-hmm. has ministerial authority. Yeah, that's really good. Authority that is subordinate to the word of God. Yeah, good. Should we take a break and then we'll uh, talk about the creeds for a bit? Yep. Today's podcast is brought to you by The Eldership. Know of someone who needs a bit of disciplinary rebuke? Who are you going to call? The Eldership. The Eldership is a group of highly trained persuaders. Each member is a specialist in a different form of psychological manipulation, able to deal with abusive boyfriends, irreverent school children, and general no-gooders. Next time you have someone you need to sort out, call The Eldership. So, look, let's talk about the creeds. Yes, let's talk about the creeds. Firstly, what is a creed? Yeah, good question. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what is a creed? Who are we going to call? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who are you going to call? Uh, the creed, I'm probably going to... Phone a friend, 50-50. Um, butcher a, a proper definition of it. But the creed, uh, the collection of um, doctrines put together uh, that... that uh, uh, sorry, a compilation of what Scripture says about important doctrines. Yeah, in short, it's, this is what we believe. <laughs> this is you know that. Like yeah. in typical fashion, you just like you're very clever. I appreciate you. This is what we believe. This is what we believe. Yes. Yeah. So creeds throughout history, the the ones you may have heard of are the Apostles' Creed. Yep. Um, or the Nicene Creed. Yep. And these are just summaries of what. We believe as Christians. That's right. So the Apostles' Creed was put together in the 3rd and 4th century, mm. and it was um, not what the Apostles said, no. but it was put together on what Scripture says mm. about what we believe. Yeah. So they compiled it all together, and it is really helpful yep. in understanding what Christians believe. Yeah, so you have a uh, a a new Christian who's mm-hmm. just come to faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. How do you explain to them what Christian belief is in, uh, without having them read the entire Bible and study a systematic theology textbook? Yeah. We just sum it up in, in a creed. In a creed. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, um, we all have creeds. Mm. I was thinking about this recently. We all have creeds. Like in certain families, we have things that are like do's and don'ts that you, that you do. Yeah. Like, I mean, the classic example of this, and I've spoken about this many times, when Charlotte and I, just before we got married, yep. had a, or actually might have been early on in our marriage, um, had a disagreement on how or whether you peel cucumbers. 
Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. And that, that is a family creed. That's something that your family believes that you do. Now yeah, we believe this is the best way to do it. That's right. Yep. Up into the, you know, like as in that, that's, you know, like that's peripheral and, um, you know, almost vain view mm. of it. But, but as a family, there are things that are really important to you. Totally. You know, something I'm teaching my children all the time is, is that, um, is it truthful and is it loving? Mm. And, is, is that, and this is kind of a creed to our family. And so when we discipline our children, we discipline them along those lines of, is what you did was loving. So was it kind? Was it these things? Yep. Was it truthful in, in what you said? Um, and so that that is a creed in the way that our families work by. Totally. So let me summarize a creed of our culture today. Mm-hmm. Today's culture's creed essentially says that, um, that everything means nothing. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing that means everything, mm-hmm. certainly, that um, you can be whoever you want to be Yep. in whatever playing field, in whatever gender, in whatever sexual orientation, you yep. do what you want to do. Yep. The creed says that life is short, Yep. so make sure you sap every piece of enjoyment out of that. YOLO, baby. Irrespective of how that affects other people. Yep. You be you. And um, that tolerance mm-hmm. is ultimate. Yeah, well, tolerance is not just tolerance, it's acceptance mm. and submission too. Yeah. Yep. And so so that is the belief of our culture. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, there's many things you could add to that, but mm. that in short is what our culture believes. Mm-hmm. And so you live in light of that. And and so when people do certain things that you, you as a Christian go, I don't understand how they can do that. Run it against their creed and that will help you understand yeah, why right. they can do that. But uh, so like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed is summing up what we believe as Christians. It's And ultimately it's it's summing up the doctrine mm-hmm. of who God is yep. and uh, and then who we are in line. Shall we read one of the creeds? Yeah, and, and before we do... Mm. The reason why creeds are so important in that is yeah. is because you you discipline in mm-hmm. regards to that creed yeah. because that's the lens in which you view what is right, right and wrong. Think about that from both creeds. That, you know, we're going to read a like the Nicene Creed in a second or whatever. Yep. Um, or um, and compared to the creed that you just kind of just put together, then mm. people you're you're judged upon those creeds. Yeah, whether, whether you're in it or, or out of it. So creeds are really important in that regard. How else mm. are creeds are important? Well, I think they're important for discipleship. Mm-hmm. How do you train and teach people? Yep. Well, um, we can certainly go study the book of the Bible, and we should do that. Mm. And we can certainly go through you know, Matthew's five discourses that he gives to his disciples that teach us, I suppose, the basics of discipleship, yep. the Gospel of Matthew. Yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. But another great way is to go, hey, we believe in... Um, God the Father, Almighty, Maker mm-hmm. of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. What does that mean? Yep. God the Father created all things. Yep. And that's the first slide of the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. Anyone tracking along at home? Um, and, and going through a creed that sort of says these are the things that we believe. Mm-hmm. Anything sit odd with you? Not mm-hmm. sure about anything? Um, or can we explain and mine the depths of this? Yeah. That's and right. then go look at the texts that support it and, and see where it's, it's actually it. drawn from. Yeah, big time. Like that That is, yeah, really significant. Yeah. So for discipline, for discipleship. Mm. Yeah. What else? Absolutely. Um, what about just joining in with our heritage? Yeah. You know, I'm not standing alone on this. And, and that's one thing that's really significant about the creeds is it's we believe. 
it's so the first line of of all the creeds are we believe in God the Father Almighty. Now you mm. can also individualize that and say I believe. Yeah, some of them do, uh, but the we slash I is often there because it's this is what we believe. That's right. It's not what Harry Luke says mm. or what um, you know Albino the, Joel says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's it's what we as Christ's people say. Yep. And so I am joining when I say we believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, mm-hmm. and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and so on. We, and when I say I that... I see the so on in the... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I am joining with my brother Luke. Yep. And my brothers and sisters in China. Yep. And... With um, Calvin and Zwingli and Luther yep. and the reformers and Paul and Paul and the apostles mm. and all the way back the the breadth of history that stands before me, I'm joining with that. Yep. And and so so we're in this together is what mm. is what we're saying. Yep. And that's edifying and encouraging and comforting. Yeah. Because uh, we are the minority. Mm. In a loud world with a loud creed. Big time. Yep. So I don't want to do time. that alone. No, absolutely. No thanks. Yeah, I think they're the, they're the three big things, I think, for yeah. creed. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Should we read one? Go for it and then we'll wrap up. All right, let me read to you the Nicene Creed. There you go. Um, I believe in one God, the Father <laughs> Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all things visible and is invisible. And in one... Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father, before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the apostles, and one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. I look for the resurrection of the dead and for the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. <laughs>